This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back with an instant reaction podcast through the smoke following Miami's 30-7 win over Southern Miss. David Lake joined by Gabby Urrutia in the Ford Escape outside of Hard Rock Stadium. Um, Gabby, let's just have a discussion. First, we'll talk offense, then we'll talk defense, then have a maybe a little recruiting minute. So offense, um, you know, I think this is the case on both sides of the ball. But for offense, tail of two halves, um, you know, I think the thing Southern Miss did in the first half uh, defensively really messed up, disrupted Miami's offense, particularly on the offensive line. Um, Southern Miss's blitzes, Southern Miss's stunt games, uh, Miami's offensive line struggled with it from a communication standpoint, just being on the same page. And that knocked a lot of things off schedule. I think you could tell in the first half that Miami really wanted to kind of get the passing game going. And it just wasn't going to happen with um, the way the pass blocking was going. So they went into halftime, made some adjustments looked like they basically decided, all right, we're just going to start pounding the run. We're going to turn this into a physical game. And that's when Miami started taking control. Miami finished the day with 447 yards, 191 rushing yards. Henry Parrish, top guy there with 102 yards on the ground. Tyler Van Dyke, 241 yards, 20 and 29, one touchdown, one pick. Restrepo was his top target, five for 58. Um, so, Gabby, just your overall take on the offense today. And I guess let's just start here. Tyler Van Dyke um, didn't have the sharpest game. He admitted so in the postgame press conference. He took a lot of ownership, which I appreciate, uh, you know, in terms of him being a leader. I like that about him. He basically said, look, if I go out and play like this against Texas A&M, it's not going to be good enough. Um but from your vantage point, Gabby, do you have any thoughts on maybe what's going on with the passing game? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I think there's a couple things to point to. I mean, I don't know. I thought Tyler Van Dyke wasn't really the Tyler Van Dyke we saw at points uh, last year. Um, I don't know. I felt like at times he was just kind of late on some throws, uh, you know, just kind of I, I feel like even some of the throws across the middle, like he was kind of a little bit low. Um, not really leading some of his guys. And then I think he could have, 
I mean, then he, I feel like he just made some dangerous passes too. I don't know. It just it felt like he never really got into the rhythm that he got into against Bethune Cookman. I feel like once he kind of gets into a rhythm, he kind of just starts rolling. But I felt like he never really like truly got comfortable back there. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with Southern Miss and, and kind of all the different looks that they were giving him. I mean, I, I think we said on the preview pod, pod um, that. I mean, I kind of thought that Southern Miss ran a really creative defense that really kind of brought a, a bunch of different things. And, uh, you know, I thought that they were pr- honestly pretty good. And I think that caused problems up front, obviously, like you were mentioning, David. And I just don't think it allowed him to kind of settle into the game ever. And then, um, you know, I think he just made a couple bad decisions. But, uh, you know, I think the receivers could also maybe at times do a better job getting creating some separation. Uh, I think there's a lot that kind of goes into why the passing game never really got going but um you know overall i mean i guess enough to win this game and uh you know i think in the second half it got a little bit a little bit cleaner and you know i think got some help too i think Rashard smith made a big play in the first half too that helped them kind of push the ball a little bit so um yeah i don't overall i just mean wasn't tyler van dyke's finest day yeah and again he admitted so after the game uh i do think though the the flea flicker was a great play call by Josh Gaddis in the second half. You know, Miami was was pounding the run and, and dialed up the flea flicker. Van Dyke with a nice throw to Keyshawn Smith for the, I believe it was 45-yard touchdown. Um, but I, I think one thing to highlight with the offense, four of the six scoring drives were long, sustained drives. Four of the six scoring drives were at least 10 plays. One of, one or two... It, Definitely one drive was at least six minutes long, um, which, look, lots of styles can win football games. Yeah. This is the style Mario Cristobal is going to want to implement at Miami. There, there's things to clean up, but he's going to want to have uh, efficient offense with some potential explosive ability. I don't know if we're seeing the explosiveness yet. Maybe that comes in time with recruiting as he recruits his running backs and his wide receivers to um but i will say i am encouraged by the way that this offense is putting together some long sustained drives can some of the you know would i prefer those drives some of those drives end in touchdowns absolutely would i prefer more explosiveness absolutely um But I do think the offensive line as a whole, especially in the run blocking phase, is much improved, which is encouraging. Um, Defense. Miami allowed 231 yards in the game, only 24 rushing yards. And Frank Gore Jr. had seven carries for 10 yards. Uh, Miami's defense got much better in the second half after making some adjustments. Um, They really kind of imposed their will. Uh, particularly the defensive line in the third quarter. And from that point on, it was just pretty clear that Southern Miss was going to have a tough time doing much from that point on. Miami pitched a shutout in the second half, which is always worth highlighting because that's hard to do. I want to focus on areas to improve, though, Gabby. And and we saw it again uh, in the first half with and i thought this was interesting the way southern miss approached the game you could tell you know all the talk coming into the game was frank gore jr yeah miami's gonna have to contain him 
that those narratives, which I think were valid because Frank Gore Jr. is a good player and he had a good week one performance. But it just seemed like with Southern Miss's approach in the first half, they had the approach of, yeah, we're starting a true freshman at quarterback in this game, but we are going to attack your weaknesses. And your weaknesses are your cornerback coverage being soft at times and your linebacker coverage isn't consistent at times either. So uh, they leaned into that, even with a true freshman quarterback, and they had success, particularly in the first half. I do think Miami's corners improved as the game progressed. Um, but it's clear, and I, you know, this is something, of course, that's going to have to continue to improve going into Texas A&M, it's clear that opponents are telling us, hey, your corners are an area that we feel like we can attack and have success with. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just becoming pretty evident that opposing offensive coordinators or, you know, um, Southern Miss's offensive coordinators watched the Bethune-Cookman tape and was just like, all right, we know where we can attack them. And yeah, we are starting a true freshman quarterback uh, playing in his first ever really college football, any meaningful time in his first college football game. And, uh, you know, we're still going to give him a chance to spin it around because we feel like there's a matchup that we can exploit there. And I think at times they did, um, you know, obviously made a great throw um, on that touchdown pass to Jason Brownlee over Malik Curtis, which, you know, was a, you know, I think they, you know, Miami definitely gave him a chance to play, you know, start, you know, let, let him play that first snap of the game and, you know, put him kind of on an island with a, you know, on a potential all-conference wide receiver who I, I think was really good last week and I thought was really good today too. So, um, yeah, and I think even earlier in the games, I think David mentioned the soft coverage. I think they kind of went underneath them a few times. Uh, definitely weren't afraid to test them, which is, Again, I think something that, you know, I think coordinators and play callers are going to look to try to kind of do on Miami. I think that that's kind of their Achilles heel on defense. And, yeah, I think, uh, you know, overall the defense played a lot better in the second half. But I think it's clear that the game plan coming in was to attack those corners and, and, uh, you know, those pockets of the linebackers where, you know, they felt like they could move the sticks. And I I think they did a couple times. I mean, I think uh, looking back at the stat book, I think their average third and their average third long distance was 10.4 yards, which is obviously great for Miami. That's where you want to put defenses in those positions. But, uh, you know, they still converted third downs at a higher clip than Miami did. I think they converted six of them, which, you know, I think it was like 38 point something percent. And, uh, you know, that's probably not the number Kevin Steele wants to see when uh, you're putting opposing offenses in, in, in ideal positions. So, um, definitely something that I think, uh, you know, they have to just continue to kind of address and, and try to figure out. Yeah, my impression, and I, I want to go back and watch the game and see if this is actually the case, but my impression is, you know, Southern Miss wanted to get the ball out quick, which they did early on, um, you know, quick slants. Even when they took their shots downfield, I feel like they got the ball out quick the quarterback did a good job of putting a lot of air under those balls, which allowed him to get the ball out quick and the ball downfield to his outside receivers in those one-on-one matchups. And that nullifies Miami's strength on defense, of course, being their defensive line. Um, I feel like in the first half, Miami's was playing off a little too much uh, at corner, not much resistance or, or knocking off uh you know, knocking receivers off schedule with their route running. 
you know, allowing them to get too many free releases. My sense is in the second half, I think Miami's corners might have done a better job of, um, you know, not allowing for as many free releases, which then allows, which then forces quarterbacks to hold onto the ball longer and then allows the defensive line to eat a little bit. So um, we'll see if that's actually the case when I go back and watch the game. Special teams, I think it's worth mentioning. Andy Borgales went three of three, which is highly encouraging because you're going to need him against a Texas A&M team. Uh, special teams is a phase we, I think everyone, kind of overlooks. But if you're going to knock off a Texas A&M type of team, you're going to need good special teams play. Uh, some housekeeping stuff. Well, I also want to mention this too. Tackling. I thought the tackling was better. Um, and personnel-wise, they started Malik Curtis at corner over Tyreek Stevenson. But then on, I believe, this second yes. play of the game, they put Tyreek back in. So I don't know what to make of that. Corey Flagg played, Corey Flagg played the most by far of the linebackers. They did rotate Wesley Besaint and Chase Smith in. They rotated them in over Caleb Johnson, which I found interesting. Um, and Wesley Besaint flashed, almost had a pick. Um, so that's encouraging. Uh, defensively, it's worth noting as well, some housekeeping injury stuff. Akeem Mesador was out for the game. He's definitely Miami's best player. Um, I get the sense it's a precautionary thing. Dealing with a right foot deal he sustained midweek in practice. Mario Cristobal made it clear that he expects him to be a go this week. Um, so we'll see. Jalen Knight and Zion Nelson return to action uh, after being held out of the Bethune game as they come back from their injury deals. And, uh, you know, Zion, I think, might have gotten two or three series of work at left tackle. Um, they basically just subbed him in and out for John Campbell, but John Campbell played the most at left tackle of the two. And then Jalen Knighton got a little work primarily in the first half. I think he had, what, maybe five carries? Um, he also had a target, which, uh, you know, he dropped and they reviewed. They thought it might have been a fumble or whatever, but it wasn't. It was overturned. Um, but to me, if I'm this coaching staff, I'm kind of just riding with Henry Parrish and Thad Franklin against Texas A&M um, primarily. I, I think Jalen, of course, is, you could argue he's more talented than those two. I just feel like those two are kind of in a rhythm right now, and that's that's the two you ride against Texas A&M. Uh, recruiting minute. I also want to just mention this too, Gabby. I kind of already stated this, but I was encouraged by the second half adjustments of this staff um southern miss i think you could argue won the coaching battle in the first half uh it was what 10-7 yeah. i think at halftime uh they were really frustrating miami miami's coaching staff is a veteran staff has been in plenty of games they made the adjustments they needed to make which allowed their personnel advantage to show up and Miami controlled the game uh, early in the second half on. So credit to the coaching staff adjustments. I feel like, you know, in recent years, we haven't necessarily seen that type of success with second half adjustments. So I do think that's something worth highlighting. All right. Recruiting 
minute. Gabby, who was here for the big Southern Miss game? Yeah, um, a decent number of Miami commits. So uh, Connor Liu, the four-star offensive lineman. Uh, Robert Stafford, the top 247 athlete, made it down. Nathaniel Joseph was back. Uh, so was Frankie Tinelau. Uh Those are four of Miami's, four members of Miami's you know, top 10 ranked uh, 2023 class. Uh, Antoine Jackson was a, 20, a 2024 commit that was there too. Um, in terms of uncommitted guys, uh, four-star running back Chris Johnson was back for the second straight week and I think saw another good running performance from Miami. So I think uh, that's pretty encouraging. Uh, 2024 class, uh, five-star edge TJ Capers, I think on the com- industry-generated uh, composite. He's the number five overall player. Uh, he's out of Miami Columbus. He made it in, which I think is a pretty big deal. Uh, so did his teammate and uh, top two four seven uh, edge uh, Dylan Stevenson. Uh, so I think uh, I think you know those are some of the bigger names that were in attendance. There was also a twenty twenty four offensive lineman in Blake Franks who worked out for them in the summer, who made it back down for a game, which I think is obviously notable considering that's someone that they like in that class and. Uh, you know, I think uh, those are pretty much the the biggest names to know that we're at Miami on Saturday. All right. It is Texas A&M week. Gabby and I will do, I kind of like doing the Sunday thing, knocking it out. Uh, we'll watch the game, give our more informed thoughts and opinions uh, on Southern Miss. And also, too, maybe a little big picture talk on what we've learned offense and defense through two games here going into a big one against texas a&m so we will end it there appreciate everyone for listening uh until next time take care okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.